Welcome to the Westminster Town Hall Forum, originating from Westminster Presbyterian Church here in downtown Minneapolis. My name is Donald Meisel, minister here and moderator of these forums. On March 21, 1985, perhaps some of you were here, Robert Shaw spoke in celebration of Johann Sebastian Bach's 300th birthday. Among other compelling things, he said on that occasion, the arts are the most pervasive, persistent, and powerful affirmation of the life force in the man-thing. They are again and again flesh become word, stone shaped into spirit, notes onto paper into sound, into silent understanding. The arts provide for the exchange of ideas and values otherwise incommunicable by languages of numbers, symbols, alphabets, or grunts. Across the boundaries of time and space, chance and malice, the arts are the open hand of man reaching for his brother. End of quote. What a perfect word setting for introducing today's Town Hall Forum speaker, Russian composer Rodion Shadrin. He is one of the major figures in contemporary Russian composition and is regarded as one of the principal successors of Prokofiev and Shostakovich. Following Shostakovich's death, Mr. Shadrin succeeded him as honorary head of the Russian Republic's Composers' Union. Shostakovich founded the union in 1948 as an alternative to the official Soviet Composers' Union. During the Stalin years, Shadrin saw many of his contemporaries exiled for creating works which did not fall within the narrow boundaries of what Stalin deemed appropriate. And despite these warnings, he went on composing according to his own best lights. Mr. Shadrin continues his work in Moscow, where he lives with his wife, the prima ballerina Maya Plisetskaya, who has accompanied him on his visit to the U.S. and who is appearing with him in Philip Brunel's current Plymouth Music Series being held this weekend. Actually, Mr. Shadrin and his wi wife live for the time being uh, in uh, Munich because of work that's, that they are doing there. Mr. Shadrin, we look forward to what you have to say to us today on the theme, Freedom, Democracy, and the Soviet People. Welcome to you, sir. <laughs> We're happy to have you. <clears throat> Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Ladies and gentlemen, I am really happy to be here in your fabulous church. And I decided to make my speech in English because you will much better understand me in my limited English like in the best of my Russian. <laughs> but if will some problems, my friend, my friend, William Branitsky will help me with some problem with English. Uh, 
73 years, my country was so seriously ill with terrible virus of communism. Uh, this idea of communism, for my opinion, this is absolutely anti-biological idea that everybody loves everybody, everybody equal to everybody, and so on. Because, unfortunately, that distance between my and ours so, so far, unfortunately. But theoretically, maybe it's interesting idea, but in the practice, it's just terrible 73 years for history of our country. And thanks God, I really hope that now this virus is gone. My country was real empire of angst, Ir real, uh, it was really just little example for my own family. I remember how my father took in the morning pillow from the bed and closed the telephone in our room because he afraid that KGB or some other terrible organization will hear our conversation between my mother, me, and other our relatives. And in terrible year in 1937, uh, my grandfather was dead, my two uncles was dead, was Stalin terror, father of my wife, Stalin shoot him, and mother of my uh, wife, she born her brother in prison, in Butyrska Turma, in Butyrka prison, in center in the Moscow. And we have all these troubles through ourselves. And it really was cement, cement, is it correct? Cement of our terrible empire is, was feeling of angst. Is it correct? Uh, <laughs> sorry, but I want to be the best, but uh, first moment, of course, it's not so simple, say some in not my own language. And um, this cement keep this empire very, very strong. And now this cement is gone. And now we have many, many real problems. I will say about this a little later. And I must say to you that all history of my country, it was history of crooked tree with crooked shadow of each aspect of our life, each aspect of our life, without exception, including music, art, and so on. And now, Many people try to uh, make uh, straight shadow from crooked tree, trees in our country, but of course without any success. And now after three great days in August, I hope at last we will have straight tree. And now problem only is normal straight shadow of this.
And now really we received spiritual freedom in our country. This is first time in my life. If you give me permission, I will tell you a little joke which was quite popular in Russia about 10 years ago, how one American and one Russian discuss about freedom. And Americans say, we have absolutely freedom. If I will go in the street nearly White House and will say that President Reagan, I don't like you, you are stupid, nobody will take care of me. Nobody took me to police. And Russians say, okay, if I will go to Red Square and say that President Reagan, I don't like you, <laughs> nobody take me too. <coughs> but now, if you will say something about our leaders like Gorbachev, now we have many, many jokes about him, and uh, this is possible, this is really fantastic feeling, because really before you think that each second is agent of KGB and they watch you and you will have many, many troubles after just simple smile, just primitive joke about something like this. But we received terrible heritage after these 73 years. All situation now not in politics, but in uh, economical aspect of our life is really, really terrible. Uh, I will not tell you about food because I think you read about this in newspaper. It's, uh, we have problem with everything, with bread, with milk, with cheese, with sausage, and if you hear, if somebody say word cheese, you think which cheese? Cheese maybe from Switzerland, maybe uh, other kinds, but in Russian cheese is just a little piece of something, not a little uh, difference between something. And also we have many, many problems now, uh, like Everything now with coupons, sugar with coupons, uh, vodka with coupons. We have permission for one coupon in the month to buy one bottle of vodka, which is not enough for Russians. And um, you must pay 11 rubles this coupon and give empty bottle of vodka. Without empty bottle, you will not receive new bottle and so on. And for example, now impossible to buy just normal uh, electric bulbs. Is it correct? Bulbs, just, this is bulbs, yes? <laughs> and uh, everything full of dark now in Moscow, for example, where I live. And um, for composer it's terrible because uh, you, in the winter time, you have possibility to work only in daylight. And in the night, you can't work because you need uh, just norm normal electric light. And everything full of line. In each corner, 
long, long line for everything, without exception. And mm, if I say to you that we have many jokes about our leader, I will tell one joke <coughs> that a uh, long, long line in the center of the Moscow for, I don't know, for sugar, maybe for something else, and one man say, I can't stay more, I must kill Gorbachev, and run away from this line. And after a few hours, he goes back, and everybody asks him, you killed him? And he say, no, it's very long line there too. <laughs> Uh, we received freedom, indeed, we received freedom, but I will not say you about democracy. I think now we have not democracy, we have anarchy, we have chaos for everything in our life. Uh, of course, intelligentsia, like me, we already pay very high price for freedom. But ordinary people, mostly in little cities, in little town in Russia, uh, they really lost all patience. We were, we were uh, champion, I think, championship uh, for tolerance, for uh, patience, last 73 years. But now I'm afraid that we lost this feeling at all. And for my own opinion, that maybe the best form for our political construction will be uh, constitution monarchy in Russia, because this is an old tradition, because we still don't know which is Russia, is Asia or Europe. It's, uh, we have many, many influence from Asia. We have also some influence from Europe. This is my own opinion. Maybe it will be help to us to ask. We have now uh, one more Romanov in France, in south of France. Maybe it will be good. It's not uh, will be something against Yeltsin, for whom I like so much, because I think he is now only one leader in our country for whom will follow our folk. But this is my own opinion. Uh, something with happened with us like we was like ships on the cage and now door in the cage is open but we are still there in this space of this cage like still like uh, slaves still like ships but uh, you have this level of life, not just next morning after a terrible night. You build it many, many years, two centuries, and we need so much time to construct our new life. But first step done in my country. Now I think we are really free. Uh, also, I think I might uh, say about my prognosis for this winter which is uh, very pessimistic because um, this winter 
I think will be very, very dangerous for Russia. Uh, problem of heating, problem just take snow from the street, problem of food. People now very aggressive against each other, uh, people very unkind, and many, many problems with crime now. And I think that really in this winter, West must help to Russia, because if first leaves of democracy will killed now, I don't know what will happen tomorrow, after tomorrow. And biggest problem also is uh, national uh, conflicts inside of USSR. USSR is not, is now is not exist more. Tomorrow, uh, Mr. Yeltsin, in Russian Republic, he will cancel to pay any money for all ministers of the USSR, just tomorrow, 1st of November, except only one, Minister of Foreign Affairs. And also from tomorrow, I know his ideas, that he will take any control away from the prices in Soviet Union. It's also a very dangerous moment because people is tired about all experimental tricks for last decades. And now many, many discussions on the West, how help to Russians help or wait for whom and so on. It's something like final scene in one opera by Verdi, that they stay on the stage 15 minutes and uh, sing very beautiful, but very long. We must help, we must help, we must help, we must help. But now I think time to help really for this winter, because if it's not, uh, we, if we will not go through this winter, I afraid really very, very much. And my prognosis also is very pessimistic because terrible national feeling now uh, everywhere. I really afraid big conflict between Ukrainian and Russian because you know that uh, Ukrainian is great, great folk and this is 52 millions. This is the fourth greatest nation in the Europe. And now they decide in new parliament that they will have half million own army with whom they want make battle. Who is neighbor of Ukrainian? It's Poland, Czechish, Czechoslovakia, and Russia. And many, many uh, nuclear weapons in the territory of the Ukraine. It's possible that something will happen like in Yugoslavia, but in much more big dangers. And we still have many idiots in the military dress 
in our country, they're still alive, still alive, and just push button with a nuclear weapon for some idiot in military dress, this is very, very possible. And then we will have new Chernobyl. And here in Minneapolis or, I don't know, California, you will have problem too. You must really must think about this. This is problem not only for Russia now, but this is problem for all our beautiful planet. And uh, please, I know you understand it much better, just I say to you it, but don't lose this moment. You must help immediately for this winter because in springtime, in summertime, it's possible it will be too late. Because now people still believe in Yeltsin. Because Gorbachev, he is great man, of course, but he is, this is my opinion, our historical past. But in reality now, only Yeltsin, for whom people still believe, still believe. And you must help personally to Mr. Yeltsin for all his very risk, but new, fresh, and helpful ideas. I think so. It's very important indeed. And uh, what I must say to you, to in the end of my speech, then if some questions, I will be happy to, uh, to do my best in the answers of these questions. That this was a really terrible experience. Be all, I am 58, uh, 58 year old. <laughs> and all 50, 58 year, it was many, many tragical uh, troubles, instability inside of Russia. And if intelligentsia, uh, understand everything. I agree pay this high price for democracy, for freedom, but about people who live in far from Moscow, in little city, and they have each day problem with electricity, with heating the houses, with long line in uh, the shops, just for simple piece of bread, they will lost patient, and then something terrible rebels just against somebody who a little live better like you. They will crush cars on the street, window, and uh, some houses which is built uh, much more, but maybe not much more, but a little more expansive like his own house. They will be terrible blooding time which will react for full of Europe. It's impossible that it will be separately because it's too big country. This is one sixth part of the world. And uh, why I say to you, because um, I like America. It's, uh, I think it's country which everybody must follow this fantastic example. Uh, but you must understand that now time to see much more careful about all situation in Russia. I say Russia because really um, Soviet Union now is not exist. And uh, what Gorbachev will 
like president of what? Ukrainian, this independent country, pre-Baltic, Lithuania, or Georgia in the Caucasus, also independent country. Now, only possible belief, this is my opinion, of course, uh, for Russian, for Russian, uh, not empire, but Russian republic, maybe it will be monarchy republic, like, I don't know, in England it's uh, full of democracy, but they still have queen, thanks God. <laughs> yes. Because it's, uh, it's sometimes it's really strange that Gorbachev is good that he helped now to make some good decision between conflict between um, Israeli and uh, Palestinian. But he has so much problem in uh, his own country. It's nice what he do there, but it's fire in his country. It's tomorrow possible be big explosion. Uh, of course, we everybody is brothers. We much help for everybody. But uh, I look at his smile face in television, and uh, some uh, goose bubbles <laughs> go in my back. But uh, because I know all situation, I am only 10 days from Russia, and I know how terrible and awful and how people tired there, and how they are ready to crush everything. This is a terrible moment indeed. But please not be too pessimistic after my speech, because really, uh, I just say this about this winter, because this winter will decide everything, what will be tomorrow, after tomorrow, next year, next century. Because uh, yesterday I met here one our brilliant, brilliant, very famous journalist, uh, Melor Sturo. He is now professor of uh, Minneapolis University here. And we speak about all situation because he has also pain deep pain for all situation there. He is Georgian, but his wife is Russian, and he afraid go back to Georgia, because they will just kill, because his wife is Russian. This is terrible speak about this in our century. Maybe it will be five century ago, it uh, will terrible too, but not catastrophe. But now it's just catastrophe that we speak about this conflict. Who is Russian? Who is Georgian? Why? And so on. It's terrible. Indeed terrible. But I believe if we will alive in this winter, if not any terrible troubles will happen in Russia or Soviet Union, I don't know how say it will be better, that we go up in the summer. This is my prognosis. And I hope that God will pray and God will help us because only God save now all these three days, sunk days in August, because uh, you know this coup, this putsch, which has happened um, in Russia, usually putsch people won't take power, but they have power. They was impotence. They don't have one blood of Stalin will. Then they will kill everybody. It was unprofessional. In our country, everything is unprofessional from each aspect of our life, including our president, unfortunately. And uh, in the end, I must say to you, I believe 
that God will help us for next next years. But this winter, we really need your help. Thank you so much. Shadreen, thank you for sharing with us, uh, with us in such a personal and uh, telling, telling manner. And especially thank you for alerting us uh, not to lose this moment as it pertains to the winter that lies ahead for you and your people. Before the program, you indicated in response to a question from me that you do not celebrate uh, Halloween in Russia. But when you started talking about crooked trees casting straight shadows and all of that, I really began to wonder. <laughs> a word to our radio audience to alert you to the fact that you've been listening to the Westminster Town Hall Forum originating from Westminster Presbyterian Church here in downtown Minneapolis, and that our guest speaker today has been Russian composer Rodion Shadrin. His theme, addressed very warmly and uh, dramatically and effectively, freedom, democracy, and the Soviet people. Mr. Shadrin, would you return to the platform, please, to the podium, and perhaps you'd like to be accompanied by your lovely interpreter, and uh, between you uh, can respond to these questions. Uh, do send your questions, friends, to the aisles, and uh, they will be picked up by the uh, various ushers. Just to uh, get the ball rolling, you've spoken of, of God and of spiritual freedom. Could you say a, a little more, sir, about the life of the church uh, now that things have changed and the climate is different in Russia. Okay, I will try. <clears throat> I'm from religion family because my grandfather was priest in the little city uh, Alexin in the river Oka and my father, he was musician but he ended uh, a religion school, professional religion school. Uh, maybe it's not good to say, but I will say it. I think that in United States, it's so comfortable to believe in God, like in your beautiful, beautiful church with warm, warm seats and so <laughs> big comfort for every aspect. I think it's great, really great, but in Russia, it's very uncomfortable belief in God. Not only because, because you have many, many problems with this. In Stalin time, if somebody come to church 
some KGB agent make photo of this. And I know it's, thanks God it's not happened with me, but with one my friend that um, he asked permission go for some professional reason, he was also a musician, to other country. And then man who was chief of this department in our Minister of Culture, show him his picture in the church. Mm. And he was absolutely excited. Who does it? Yes, it's me, but who done it? And he said, it's very professional man work with this, with this photo, with this uh, camera. Mm. And I think now it's a very, very historical moment to religion in my country that I hope that now will be other people come to all top position in the church because many of our uh, archiepiscop and so on for me it's a little artificial people I am not sure that they really believe in God somebody of these it's people it's really military people who very good actors to play in church dresses and so on. But I know it's very risky to say that, but <laughs> okay, I will try to do it. But now new people, new generation, who really very poor, very sound belief in God, they now go to this position. And I think this will be historical moment in all our religion uh, tradition in my country. Thank you, sir. Several questions gather around this question. If the United States does send a lot of aid to Russia this winter, is there a reliable structure in place to be certain that the supplies reach the people? And another question is, uh, will uh, people there be open to our coming in and helping with the distribution? I think they're more like open. They are waiting each day <laughs> because if you go to the shop and this is just empty space without anything, it's not just liter literature uh, image, that empty shop. It's real empty shop, real, just uh -huh. well, Blank Blankwells, nothing else. It's uh, only two, three ladies stay in white dresses who so like dogs against you, oh, no, why, 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 why? it's terrible. Mm. It's not uh, I try to touch you and say something, this is, we need it, some, this is reality. It's reality, absolutely. We just spoke with a very nice lady in your office, Mr. Chairman, and she told me that her brother just back from Russia, and one day he was absolutely without any piece of bread. He was, was just galodny, uh, hungry. He was just hungry. Mm -hmm. But he's foreigner, he has dollars, uh, he has Deutsche Mark and go to Berezka shop, but who not have it? What mm -hmm. they must do? Mm -hmm. We are ready for it. <laughs> Another question or comment from the floor. We have heard that Mr. Yeltsin asked you to be his Minister of Culture. Is this so? And if so, uh, why did you not accept? Yes, it's true. He telephoned me. I am very good relationship with him. And uh, I refused because 
I have my career, I have my um, musical life. This is my fate, I think so. Because if I will be bureaucrat in Minister of Culture, I will do little drop. Somebody will do it much, much better. Because uh, in that case, I will stay in Russia. I say to Philip Brunel, I will not come to this Minneapolis uh, series. I like be here. I think it must be not only musical authorities, it must be some very powerful men, uh, professional men. I say to you that in our country, everybody lost profession. Everybody. People who just uh, uh, opened door in hotels, he lost his profession. This is one uh, minus of this communism system, that everybody without profession just uh, uh, say very right things that this is enough uh, to be in the good position, but not work themselves and don't know all profession enough good. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Another question. What do you think is uh, Mr. Gorbachev's future in the USSR? Because you said the USSR doesn't exist anymore. Yes, it's, re it's real, it's not exist, because you know that the uh, USSR uh, cons consists from 15 republics, but now everybody independent, and tomorrow or after tomorrow, each republic will have their own money. I know that Ukraine now prefer new money in Canada. I know that uh, Lithuania prefer the new money in Swedish. I saw the project of Russian money with flag, with old Russian flag, which is not ready, but it will be ready. And uh, it will be 15 different republics. And for this occasion, why we need president? What he will do? He will make conflict. He will uh, try to be, uh, decide some conflict uh, next time in South America or something, uh, between South or North America maybe in other spaces, but we don't need him in that occasion. I must say to you that it's difficult to say, because Gorbachev, understand me well, I am not against him. He done many, many mistakes. He lost many times, many, many for changing, for changing, because that time our folk, our people was ready for it, and now we lost time and people tired because many uh, days, many months, just go for speaking, for uh, speeches, for uh, smiling, for everything which is, doesn't work at all. And he done fantastic. He always will be in history of planet, everything what he done. But unfortunately, he is our past. And he still speaks too long. And <laughs> I am Russian. And sometimes he speaks three, four hours in television, and I don't understand about what he speaks. Because, of course, this is political profession, speak long, but without, without nothing. And then you think, about what he speaks so beautiful, I don't understand. But now it's not time for it in Russia, for in Soviet Union. He must do everything. And everybody, people who, who prodigy, who who sold him in this putsch, in this coup. It was his friends. Yeah. Who make choice of these people? 
And we, everybody, uh, were against these people, or very open against. But he said, no, this is great people. And then we see what has happened. Mm. And uh, I think maybe better if he will be, I don't know, like uh, uh, President of United Nations in New York. Uh, or, but he doesn't speak any languages, but maybe some beautiful lady like <laughs> Lilian will help him. And, but uh, I think maybe he must took some international position because people tired of him a little in my country. Me too. <laughs> because <laughs> uh, my favorite now is Mir Mis Mr. Yeltsin. Uh, I am with this team of people in Russia. But uh, I must say to you, he done historical things mm. for planet. Right. In a somewhat different vein, uh, and there are several questions along these lines, please talk about the role of the artist or musician in an environment of political and social oppression. Mm. I think that situation is very bad now because you know that Russian musical culture always is very, very high level everywhere. Uh, this is, if you are Russian mu musician, this is like uh, Japanese uh, video recorder. Just if it's a video recorder, uh, everybody like don't see which, uh, which company and so on. It's the same with Russian musicians. If you are Russian musician from Russia, you finish Moscow or Petersburg Conservatory, you must be good. And now people try, all the best musicians now in Russia, everybody try to receive some contracts with West orchestras, West, Western theaters, Western company, took wives or family on the West. And it's not only one, two, five, ten musicians, but for example, very famous, brilliant, our orchestra, Virtuose of Moscow, with Vladimir Spivakov, his conductor and chief of this orchestra. Everybody now in Spain, with all family, with wives, dogs, they now in Spain. And other, our very famous, brilliant, orchestra with Yuri Bashmet. Uh, he's, I think, greatest living uh, viola player in the world. And they now in Paris, with all orchestra, against with cats, dogs, wives, and all relatives there. It's uh, very underst understandable, it's, uh, but this is, uh, for Russian musical culture, this is, this is terrible. But I must say to you that Mm, all Philharmonic Halls, what we have in Russia, I say about Russia because it's much more close to me, uh, we used which will done, which had done between Nikolai I and Nicholas II. All Philharmonic in Russia built in that time, not one concert hall, Philharmonic concert hall, will not construct in after uh, Bolshevik Revolution, not one. And uh, they still is not the best condition. And musicians, they need instruments, they need strings, they need uh, uh, 
just sandwich uh, in the intermission of rehearsal. They need gasoline, go to recording, and we not have anything like this. And best now, best musicians now in the West, best. And somebody who is lazy, maybe it's uh, something uh, around the border, but they follow there too, and mostly for this winter. In an article uh, talking about your impending visit, uh, it was said, it was recorded that Soviet musical education for children is second to none in the world in the performance and publication of new works. Would, would you say something about uh, the, what children receive in the way of uh, musical education in Russia or in the Yes, USSR? I think our system was really great and really maybe best in the world, best in the world because it's fantastic tradition. In my time, which I was student of Moscow Conservatorium, who was professors? It was Nehaus, he is now legend, or Goldenweiser. He was very close to Lev Tolstoy. He was just friend of him. He slept uh, in his house in his shirt. It's, uh, it was fantastic uh, possibility to, to touch these people, to ask these people, speak with these people because they uh, have light of all great tradition of Russian culture. And um, now, unfortunately, we lost our position in musical education and other education too. Because, um, for example, in Moscow Conservatory, all professors who teach violin, now everybody on the best. And they not have any teacher for violin. It's terrible. It's good that somebody is now here. I met here somebody in uh, Minneapolis, some violin players, some cello players. It's great that they are in this so brilliant, fantastic place like Minneapolis, where so fantastic, civilized, so good organized. But for Russia, it's uh, something very painful. back, and this is a question from the radio audience uh, regarding the needs of the winter. Would a system of care packages besides the money from the U.S. government aid the Russian people this winter? Care packages do... <laughs> I'm afraid that all uh, my meeting with you is so unbelievable good audience will be too pessimistic. <laughs> but uh, I have some information. I think it was printed uh, maybe a week ago in Western newspaper that some money which some Western country sent to Russia, Communist Party spent it for other Communist Party in other parts of the world, some of Greek Greek Comparty, some for Italy, some for uh, Cyprus, and so on. This is just crime, I think, just crime. And this is very important to make some um, observation how they will work, because now uh, in Russia possible be very dangerous that everybody steal everybody, <laughs> everything. It must be very strong, very clever system that 
everything will be in the position, everything will be in shops, everything will be in ta on the table of family who need it. I don't know how to do it, but so much clever people in the world, they must invent something <laughs> clever for this occasion. But we need uh, products, we need these things for this idea, first of all. Thank you. Another question from the radio audience. What role do you see the head of the Orthodox Church playing in the recent developments in your country? The head of the Ortho uh, Orthodox Church. Uh, I think you will understand me that I will say everything very personal. Mm -hmm. It's my own opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, but this is my own opinion. I was very disappointed that our head of Orthodox Church wait two days before he reacts for this putsch, mm -hmm. for this coup. I think it was terrible because uh, thanks God we win, but if he will lost three days, then people who believe in God will don't know how to react for this situation. Mm, it's difficult to say to you, but something he done uh, for me is not the best. This is my personal opinion. We understand that uh, you were a personal friend of Shostakovich. Would you be willing to say something about him? Uh, kind yeah, of a person I, he was. Yes, I couldn't say that I was uh, his friend. My father was uh, not long time, but was his secretary, and Shostakovich knew me from my childhood. But uh, we not uh, was friends. He was my god. <laughs> I was his slave. <laughs> but uh, I adore him. He was, I think, just ideal person just ideal person, and he had so tragic fate. I remember how his first wife, Nina Vasilyevna, she was a uh, scientist in Armenian mountains, and she died there because she had a cancer. And he not have money to took her body from Armenia to Moscow, uh, to the grave, and all musicians, gave in the hat, collected money, who gave ruble, who gave five, who more, and helped him. He had a really terrible, terrible, difficult, difficult fate all his life. He was tragic figure, tragic figure, but he was so honest. He helped for everybody, for everybody without any exception. If somebody just telephone to him or come to him and ask, give me money, give me this, help with medicine, help with hospital, help with ticket. And he done for everybody without exception. He was like head of church hmm. in his uh, great, great personality, hmm. for my opinion. Hmm. He was a person for me. I don't know, not one mistake of him. I don't know, not one unhonesty. Uh, move of him. You speak of Shostakovich's wife. Uh, your wife is on this tour with you. I read this about her. Explosive and unpredictable, she took the art beyond the precision of notes, steps, pure form and shape, and imbued it with raw nerves and human experience. 
Would you care to say something about your wife as an artist? <laughs> <laughs> we are 33 years together. And uh, I adore her. She is great, absolutely. And we had a bad time together. Uh, because if somebody of you read Khrushchev memory, you will find one chapter about her. Because one upon a day, uh, our government decided that she is an uh, English spy. Hmm. And this is, uh, this is not a joke, because I tell you this is documentally in Khrushchev memory. And uh, she doesn't speak not one word in English. Maybe now in Minneapolis she will study three or four of this. And mm -hmm. she know only dance, nothing else. But she received some books from some fans of her from England. It was enough to decide that she is English spy. And what does it mean? It was impossible to go abroad for her six years. For me, of course, two. And a car of KGB full of her 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day, three persons sit in this Russian car and follow her through all Moscow. And in the night, in that time, we live in the second floor, nearly Bashoe Theater. In the winter time, we see how they hitting car in the night because it's very cold, and this car, and all this night was like this. And uh, we went through the bad time together, and I'm happy that we are together still, still now. 33 years is Jesus Christ's age. It's not so bad. <laughs> Why do you think that Russia needs a, a constitutional monarchy as compared to some other form of government? Uh, this is again my personal opinion. I think this is very old our tradition of this kind of character, this kind of um, value, value, yes, value of all relationship between um, power and ordinary people. Because you know that in Soviet ruble, we have Lenin face. Uh, who, who he was, who invent this terrible uh, communism experiment for this poor country. It will be great, it will be face of our uh, Tsar there. And uh, like in Spain, uh, it will be only representative power, which we need so much. Because uh, Gorbachev go to Spain and then go back, make long speeches on television, and then he will give some um, present for some artist and say some speeches, some звания, как это Some... Awards, some awards for somebody. He spent time. He needs time for economy uh, to try to decide this problem. How uh, this uh, package uh, from United States uh -huh. will be exist? Not steal somebody, but he is busy with this kind of thing. I think better it will be very prestige uh, with uh, genetic code. With tragic story, you know, all this, what has happened in 1917 with the family of Tsar, it may be, this will be touch Russian people also. 
I think it will be a very important uh, psychological moment that we go back to civilized uh, relationship between power and uh, between ordinary people. Because all the 73 years, it was a crazy relationship that somebody come and say, I am cleverest, I am most uh, good educated, but we see that like Brezhnev, uh, he couldn't say two words, and we have joked that somebody knocked at the door at him, and he took his glasses, took paper, and say, "Who is there?" <laughs> and he was absolutely uneducated person. Better if uh, Tsar will open door, and without this paper, who is there? It will be much better. This is my personal opinion, of course. But I feel that something will be new cement in our country, because this is angst, we lost this cement, thanks God, but we need other uh, cement. Maybe it will be the best way to do it. Mr. Shadrin, you commented at the beginning that uh, the church in America is comfortable, even as we sit here very comfortably today. I'm reminded of the saying that the role of the church really is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Well, you have afflicted our comfort in the best sense today. You've made us very aware, I think in a personal way, uh, the, the difficulties that your people are having and how we might be of some aid. By the same token, you've, you've comforted us with your humor and your sense of genuine hope underneath all of it. So we, we thank you and we applaud you and your uh, aid today. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, so much.